Thanks for listening to Shift Your Spirits. I'm Slade Robertson. For 13 years, I've been a professional intuitive counselor and personal development blogger. I try to talk about spirituality with fewer hearts and flowers than most New Age blather. I also mentor emerging intuitives, psychics, and healers in a program called Automatic Intuition. Thank you to all of you who are continuing to pledge your support on Patreon. As you can already hear, this is a special episode. It was recorded last minute on the fly. It's part four in the Love Curse series. You will definitely want to listen to Love Curse parts one, two, and three to be properly excited about this update. And just to let you know right up front, curse may no longer be an appropriate word for this story. I don't know yet, as I'm recording this, what the final title of this episode turned out to be, but some potential titles I jotted down were Love Curse Part 4, The Most Terrifying Thing of All, and Love Curse Part 4, Channeling Carrie Bradshaw. Or maybe I could call it Shooting the Moon, or Spilling the Tea. I tried all week to record a solo episode, just one decent episode, Two would have been great, as I'm trying to catch up after losing three weeks to jury duty, but I would be thrilled with one. It's Saturday. I'm usually putting an intro on the episode that's about to go live and editing the one coming up the week after that. I've never gone this close to a deadline with nothing in the can. Yesterday, I tried my fourth attempt at a half-hearted topic, and it was so lackluster and passion-free I just wanted to cry listening to it. I kept thinking, shit, am I just burned out or something? Do I have nothing left to say about anything? How can that be? I've been blogging for 13 years. I've recorded over 100 of these shows. Why can't I just share what's on my heart like I usually do? So I decided to sleep on it and work out on it this morning and see if something floated to the surface of my consciousness before the afternoon. I can still an hour or two to put something out, even if it's a heartfelt confession about being blocked, or some kind of apology. Um, Sorry for not having an episode. (laughs) Granted, life circumstances have put me behind, but what's really on my heart and on my mind is a subject so taboo It's even more vulnerable than the sharing of the love curse story. My happiness. My happiness in love. I have so many conflicting thoughts right now. Ethical, magical, personal, professional. All those lines are a bit blurred by this. And to tell the truth, there has never been a moment in my personal life that I have felt more terrified about sharing with anyone. I kept it from my best friends for months. The guy showed up. The partner in the astrological prophecy. The transit man. Mr. Shoot the Moon. Remember how Carrie Bradshaw had Mr. Big? Oh my god, I'm so sex in the city right now. I have never felt so Carrie Bradshaw. Incidentally, I binged the entire Sex and the City series on DVD when I was recovering from my stroke in 2003, right before I started Shifter Spirits. But anyway, I'm stalling. (laughs) That's a tangent. Sorry. So, according to my chart, this love transit 
that inspired me to fix my love curse started a long time ago, last fall maybe. It was already going on before I heard about it at the end of 2018. Dina DeCastro told me it would last into 2020. It would ramp up and then peak in the summer of 2019. There are these two tent poles to this transit peak, one in May 2019, right now, and one in August 2019. Now, the first one is exact May 16th, and I remember that date because it's my dad's birthday. It is now May 11th, 2019, as I record this. I don't know if there's an oracle at the end of the show yet or not. I'm really down to the wire recording this on the fly. Maybe I'll pull a card live in the moment for us at the end after the credits. Because this is almost live. Recording this is kind of a high wire act for a lot of different reasons. I thought, no way am I telling anyone. I don't want to jinx it. And then I thought, you know, that's some superstitious curse mentality bullshit right there. I'm not the same person. Check out my springy, colorful new profile pic on social media. It's proof of my glow. Some of you guys told me you're binging the curse episodes. So how can I not share this super big development? And how could I chicken out and try to manipulate the outcome before sharing it? The spirit of this story has been vulnerability and confession and maybe some good old-fashioned sensationalized exhibitionism, always good for infotainment, ratings. As you can imagine, the last few months, I'm glancing at the calendar thinking, okay, is something really going to happen? No, I can't look. I can't try to make it happen. If I pay attention to it, I'm going to mess up the magic. As I've found before with astrology, it is uncanny. And no, I can't explain it. And I wish I knew the secret how these transits do come true. But they always happen. And they don't happen the way you'd imagine. They surprise you with their innovation. But they're always, in hindsight, kind of inevitable. Now, knowing all that, could mess with your head. And a lot of you very sweetly wrote me and predicted that now that I've done all this work on myself and the soul retrieval stuff and that I would be meeting someone soon, that it was going to happen for me. I got a lot of correspondence from a lot of intuitive psychic people telling me that. So again, carrying that could be, you know, a lot to discern. And being in the familiar curse mindset that I was in for 30 years, I was kind of both crossing my fingers and at the same time preparing to be disappointed. But I wasn't going to show it. I would have laughed it off. Oh, please. We knew Slade wasn't going to have some romance novel worthy love story pop up out of nowhere. That's not real life. That's a dense thicket of hearts and flowers. Well, so be warned. Spoiler alert. This episode is pretty rich with hearts and flowers. Now, ethically, I am not sharing his name because he has no idea he's part of this prophecy or this ongoing reality show series. He doesn't listen to this show, so that's not really the issue. I don't want him to, though, because I wouldn't want him to be psyched out, but he's not going to be listening to this. It's, it's not his thing. However... 
I did not get his permission. And it's, well, I think I can tell this in a way that will protect his identity. I'm actually pretty confident that one day, should I mention these episodes, he'll think it's really rad (laughs) and he won't be angry. This is me talking to my girlfriends. He's doing that too. He's admitted as much, just not with a few thousand of them like I am. Am I going to F this up? Well, now that is exactly the kind of thinking I am working to release. No. No, I'm not going to F this up. I'm going to live my best life. I'm working to stay present, stay happy, stay in the joy, bask in the results of my hard work. I'm excited. You have witnessed that I'm going into this with a very fresh and different perspective. So let's see what happens. Stay tuned. Oh, yeah, and one other disclaimer before I tell you about Mr. Shoot the Moon. I always try to make these personal stories applicable to your own life in some way, and I'm not sure I am coming to this episode as prepared to make that teachable moment thing kind of happen. So you have a few options. You can find the wisdom here on your own and apply it as you will and write me and tell me about it if you find some. Um, Or you can simply hold space for me and support me in finding some joy. Or you can listen to this juicy gossip because you're part of my girlfriend tribe. The guy. The man. Dare we say the one. He showed up. He freaking showed up on schedule. He's here. About two years ago, this man messaged me on a hookup app, one that will remain nameless because I don't need y'all going looking for my profile and my scanty pics. So I honestly thought, wow, this guy is like kind of out of my league. He's way better looking and much more intelligent than most of the people who try to talk to me on there. And we started flirting and sharing pics and sexting and the whole thing for a few weeks pretty intently on the app and you know how it goes it starts on the app and then it moves to texting if there's something there now you may not know this about me but as a writer I think my sexting is championship level my love life has been dirty talking with virtual strangers for many years now I've never met anyone really from a hookup app in real life I usually keep all that at arm's length and it's very compartmentalized And for the record, I have no shame about my sexuality. It's very much a part of my spirituality, and I would do shows about it more if it was something you could do a show about. I kind of feel like the only thing I could do to bring the conversation about sexuality into Shift Your Spirits is ask every single interview guest to share their thoughts on the subject. And I may start doing that at some point. Anyway... Me and this guy both have iPhones, so we were soon messaging every night and having a little bit of FaceTime. We mostly did these little audio clips back and forth. Um, He's very funny and smart, clever, creative, intellectual, also kind of a big kid and huge music lover. And then we started texting back and forth during the day, like normal texting like I do with most of my close friends not just sexting anymore but these long ongoing text conversations he's super communicative like I am which is cool I really enjoy that um 
we eventually started talking on the phone a little, although honestly, with as with a lot of my closest friends, we still actually prefer to text and we text a lot. This went on for a few months, several months, and then he started talking more and more about wanting to meet me in real life. He lives in Dallas, which honestly is one of the only boxes on my shoot the moon list that he doesn't tick. But then most of my closest relationships are long distance. Most of my platonic friendship relationships and all my professional relationships begin and live long distance in the virtual realm. You know what a big deal I make of it when I get to meet my peeps in real life. Although I have never turned away a client or a friend or a work collaborator because they were long distance. I do do that to guys that want to date me. I had some sad experiences with long distance relationships. And when he started to ask me all the time when we were going to meet, I finally told him about this man that I was involved with long distance who lived in Kansas City. I invested two years in that relationship, going back and forth. And when it came time for me to relocate, I sort of left him at the altar, so to speak. I backed out just days before I was supposed to pack up and go for good. I broke his heart and I pissed him off. There was another one um, who only lived a few hours away, but you know, none of them ended well. They became chapters in my love curse story. This kind of pattern that I always thought about. And by the way, the pattern that I always thought that that was about was, you know, like, why do I keep manifesting these long distance relationships? Partly it's technology. (laughs) Um, the other, Part of it is, you know, maybe on some level, long distance relationships have an escape hatch. Um, and I own that and, and was aware that that could be part of the dynamic. So anyway, I was very reluctant to meet my Texan because of this distance thing. Or I blamed it on the distance. I was very pe- pessimistic, you know, a year ago, scared of being disappointed The truth is, I always adored him from the very first message I got, but it is painful being away from someone that you love like that, and long-distance relationships for me have just been hard, and I didn't trust anymore that they were worth it. He was very open with his feelings. He wanted to do the whole thing, meet, see if the chemistry was all there in real life, spend time together, you know, and if everything was continuing to click, then, you know, do the long distance thing for a while and figure out a way to be together. And he kept saying that to me, we'll figure it out. Don't worry about it so much. We'll figure it out. And I was like, we'll figure it out is not exactly a plan. And he was like, we're the real thing. I know we are. So we'll figure it out. He's a Sagittarius, which is my ideal sun sign for a partner. I love Sagittarius men. Most of my straight male friends over the course of my lifetime have been Sagittarius, and I've always been on the lookout for a Sag on my team. But this is a very Sagittarian plan 
air quotes. I joke that a Sagittarius birthday party is meet me at this address on a random corner and then you just go from there and you have a great time and everybody wakes up somewhere the next day and thinks, well, shit, that was fun. After about a year of wanting to meet me and having me shut him down because we didn't have a plan to deal with the long distance thing, he started to get upset with me. And he was also between jobs and stressed about all that, which didn't help. He told me that the feelings were very real for him. We were spending almost every day together on the phone and every night. And he gave me an ultimatum and said if we weren't going to meet and try to take our relationship offline, then he couldn't do all this back and forth anymore. He said he was really emotionally invested And it was hurting his feelings that I was keeping us in limbo. I wondered how much I was compounding his stress because he was in limbo with his job situation as well, too. I didn't want it to end, and I was afraid to take it further. And I was really blowing it with him, and I knew he was about to stop contacting me. I cringed every time I texted him, just waiting for him to just not text me back. And then his dad died just unexpectedly out of nowhere. It was so awkward and weird and horrible. And I didn't know whether to keep texting him at that point and calling him to try to be there for him. Yet I'm so not not part of his life and his family in that way. And I didn't know if maybe at this point I needed to just back off and leave him alone. I felt so guilty. But I also felt like maybe the universe stepped in, you know, to kind of make a decision for me that I couldn't make. I found him on Facebook and Instagram and sent him a friend request. We'd weirdly never connected those parts of our lives. I kind of intended that to be a way to say, I'm still your friend. I care what happens to you. I don't want to not know what happened with you. I'm not abandoning you, but I'm leaving you with as many options as possible to reach out to me if you want. I thought he might be pissed, but he, um, he did accept my friend request. And that was kind of the end of our contact. I watched all the stuff about his dad from a distance and it was heartbreaking and I was just sort of lamely sending heart emojis and otherwise staying silent. He would like my pics sometimes. Um, He actually always likes a pic of me, but he never commented on them or messaged me privately. I would scroll through and check to see if he'd looked at my pics on Instagram and liked them. And he always had, I just checked the other day. Um, and he always likes the pictures of me, even from the time period that we weren't really speaking anymore. He posts a lot on Instagram and he's a graphic designer and his pics are really cool. And I always love seeing his cool, like Texas sky pictures that he posts. And Some of the things he would post, especially about what he was reading or watching on TV, I wanted to write him a fucking book because they were always so meaningful to me. We we have so much in common and it was freaky and I 
actually fell even more in love with him as a real person in his real normal Facebook life without me from this weird new distance. That all happened a year ago, about a year ago. And for the past year, we kept liking each other's stuff. He's not that interested in my spirituality stuff. He thinks my job is cool and he's supportive, but he's not invested personally in consumption of new age stuff. But he does always like my pics of my fur babies and anything that has a pic of me in it. He always gives it a heart. It became kind of bittersweet. And when Beto was running for Ted Cruz's Senate seat in Texas, we did end up messaging a little back and forth, and we found that the one thing we could safely talk about, ironically, was politics. We were sort of doing that in the comments public section of our news feeds, which is crazy because that's like the one place everyone blows up their relationships. But for us... Like that was our safe, non-personal thing that we found that we could still sort of go back and forth about. So the weekend of April 14th, about a month ago, he posted asking if any of his friends automatically watch every episode of Veep twice, once to get the plot and a second time to go back and get all the little nuances you miss the first time. This is Veep, the Julia Louis-Dreyfus show on HBO. Well, shit, I just posted that very thing in a private message to a friend of mine, and it had the same timestamp as his public post. It was such a huge synchronicity, and I was so excited about the synchronicity part of it and the timestamp. I really wasn't even overthinking it. I screenshot it, and I immediately sent it to him. Like, oh my God, look at this. And so he messaged me back and we started right back where we were texting, talking every day, all day, every night. He told me right away that our relationship is not over for him and he feels like it's either us or he's just going to be single for the rest of his life. End of story. Um, He's that sure about it. And no amount of time and distance has changed his mind. We tried to forget it and sort of let go of it, etc. And that didn't work. He looked me right in the eye via screen and said, I'm the one for you. I know I am. Please give this a chance. Let's meet in person. Just come and spend one weekend with me. If it isn't there, we'll know it. We can get it out of our system. We can go our separate ways once and for all. We don't have to take it any further. You know, I told him, fuck, if I meet you, I'm going to fall in love with you and we're going to be in a long distance relationship before we even get out of the Dallas airport. That's just going to happen. We both know it is. So I asked him, if it comes down to it, do you see yourself moving to be with me? And he says, yes. This isn't my first time meeting someone online. A large percentage of relationships start this way. Some of you even wrote to suggest I use dating apps as a way of opening up the possibilities for this transit. 
And in the past, I just had this arbitrary red line about it. I don't know. It doesn't really make sense when you consider how much of my life exists online. My friendships, my work relationships, my work itself, it's, it's all on there. So I don't know why I have this purity test for this one area of my life that it has to happen in some kind of more old-fashioned, in-real-life kind of way, but I do, or I did. And in an attempt to kind of heal myself further, I'm releasing all those old protocols. They no longer serve me. In order to be a new person and enter a new phase, I have to be that new person. Between you and me, I'm already in love with this man. I have been for a really long time, for two years. I was scared and wounded, but now I have this second chance. And I just can't picture myself at this point with anyone else. So I'm going to fly down there and have this whole scenario with him next month. And I don't see any other way around this. If there is some chance there's something about him or me that is just terrible and awful and we've made a huge mistake here, okay, so be it. Won't be the first time. I can live with that. I can survive it. But I can't live with the thought that this is my person and I let it go without giving it a real chance. I already let it go once. Long distance relationships can suck. It may be a huge inconvenience. I'm imagining I'll be doing some pining away. But he says he's certain we'll figure it out. He's optimistic and willing and filled with joy about this. And I'm ready, finally, to get on board with some joy. Oh. And one little thing that happened just today. And it's kind of the reason I tipped over into saying, okay, I need to share this update with them. Remember May 16th, the tent pole in the astrological transit? So I texted him that I need to get on the phone with him this week so we can confirm our schedules and look at flight times and finally make this trip official. And I asked, you know, when is the best night for you to do all that? Because we both have workout schedules and busy lives. And he texted back and he said, not to put it off, but is it okay if we wait until Thursday? And I said, sure, even though I thought, you know, I'll be doing stuff with my family for my dad's birthday. And then I immediately realized, duh, my dad's birthday. Thursday is May 16th. Thanks again for listening to the Shift Your Spirits podcast. For show notes, links, transcripts, and all the past episodes, please visit shiftyourspirits.com. You can subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever app you prefer. If you'd like to get an intuitive reading with me or download a free ebook and meditation to help you connect with your guides, please go to sladeroberson.com. And if you're interested in my professional intuitive training program, you can start the course for free by downloading the attunement at automaticintuition.com. Before I go, I'm going to leave you a message and answer to a question or a concern you may have. So take a moment to think about that. Hold it in your mind or speak it out loud. I'll pause for just a few seconds right now. Oh my God. So I 
opened up my Mystic Mondays app to see what today's card was. The Nine of Cups. Wish come true, fulfillment, pleasures. Let me read it to you. Your wish is my command. The Nine of Cups is referred to as the Wish card in the tarot deck and is a surefire sign that your wishes will be granted soon. Graced with abundance, you are personally feeling yourself as you've reached a sense of completion with a major goal or project. There's a balance between all areas of your life, health, wealth, love, relationships, as your ideal lifestyle blossoms into fruition. Your heart's desires have been attended to, reaching deep emotional satisfaction and fulfillment. Count your blessings and all the good things that life has to offer by living to the fullest. Gratitude is the attitude, my friend. Indulge in life's sweet fruits and treat yourself. It's important to enjoy the journey, making the destination so much sweeter. And I'll talk to you later.